0: Polygon critic Matt Patches says this film transcends the time period. Part Bond movie, part comedic caper, and anchored by a performance that feels Ryan Goslingian. It's a black and white movie that feels alive and contemporary. Variety says it's melodrama, and at times far-fetched and improbable, but the story twists and spins artfully from one high-powered sequence to another, While the entertainment holds like steel cable from start to finish. And critic Dennis Schwartz says this film couldn't be more entertaining even if it had 40 steps. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of the 39 steps.
1: Re-re reboot. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Podcast.
2: Greetings, Starfighters.
0: Ooh, what a wonderful I, uh Robert Donut.
2: Donut 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 Robert Donut. Uh I don't know. I was not, uh, that, that was not my intention. I was just going oh. for classy British stylish, but yes, that's, that is how he talks in the film. British by way of Canada. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he spent his time in Canada. Yeah. What an odd character trait to have. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Uh
0: Hey, everybody, it's Ruin Childhoods. Hi. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for clicking play on your app or whatever.
2: Thanks for checking in checking in with us and hearing us talk about the 39 Steps.
0: Yeah, uh, this was a, a first watch for me. And I was very intrigued to, you know, it's something that I've definitely heard about because it's, you know, an early-er Hitchcock movie before like a lot of the better known ones really were were getting pumped out yeah and you definitely see a lot of the the beginnings of what Hitchcock would later develop as more of his style and I don't know tones and it was really fascinating and uh, Uh, For anybody who is listening to this episode because they wanted to listen to an episode of a podcast about the 39 Steps, uh, I hope we're able to deliver for you. But, uh, I know that I am not going to be the one to give the best information because Dan, you certainly have been living in this, uh, <laughs> this property for a little bit. Do you want to tell everybody about
2: that? Yeah, I have. So as a uh, regular, uh, as, as regular listeners of the show have been with us f- for at least a year know, um, that in addition to my teaching duties at um, the high high school where I I teach um, West Seattle high school, go wildcats. I, I also direct the, the fall play, which is something I love doing because it was always, it was what I did in high school. Like that was my activity. That was, if if you could have lettered in theater, I would have, Um, (laughs) but I, you know it's like that was kind of that was where I found my friends from high school uh that i that I'm still close with I you know know them through theater and I love doing it and I love seeing the high school kids have that experience and get really excited and it's why sometimes I enjoy seeing high school theater even more so than like professional theater because <laughs> I I just love seeing these kids who are just really excited. And like for some of them, they've never done it before. And like one kid I, I have in the show is like he's a senior and he's just like, I've never done it. And I think like you know he's got you know friends who've been in involved in theater, and it's just great. And also especially because we are doing a we are doing a live performance, and we're doing the the thirty nine steps, which was adapted yeah. in. 2005 to a a stage play performed originally by four actors. One actor. I
0: saw that on Wikipedia and I was like, this must be what they're doing. And because I was like, how else would they do it with all these set pieces and these all the characters?
1: And (laughs) well, John,
2: (laughs) the answer to that question is, is what has been uh taking up most of my bandwidth these days. Got it. Because I didn't do this with four people. We had a lot of kids audition. We had about 30 31 kids audition and this play has a lot of roles and uh those roles are pretty much split between these four people. Well, to one uh, an actress who plays all the female characters and then an actor who wow. plays the, the main character, Richard Hannay, And then two characters who pl- two actors who play all the other characters. Got it. And it so you have all of these characters and like we have all these kids and, like we're doing a sh- like we're actually doing a show because our last year what I directed was a like Basically, via like Zoom performance, uh, right. you know, <laughs> remote theater. It was a new gen- genre, and um, but now it's kind of like it's a little bit of both because we are performing with with masks, and we had a, a whole lot of paperwork, like very specific, like we had to submit a very specific safety plan. And in order for our show to open, which it does on uh, November eleventh on Veterans Day, um, so we had to have all of this, all of this in, and there you also have to have the names and student IDs of every student, which uh, was also a major challenge because I cast everybody who auditioned. Oh wow! Just like, well, there was also like you know you. The theater, de- like, you know, the kids in the theater department, a lot of them had cycled through like a lot of kids graduated last year, or the year before. So w- it was like this opportunity. And it's like, you know what, we can cast all these kids and some of them might just have like a little part. But you know what, it'll mean that they that for a while, at least they won't have to come to a lot of rehearsals when they come to rehearsals, they'll have a lot of extra time And they can do things, and they can help out, and do set changes, and build stuff, and and so it just became an opportunity to just kind of grow the program and say, you know what, this year we're just we're gonna have like thirty kids in the fall play, and
0: oh, so one kid of the thirty-one didn't make the cut. <laughs>
2: I don't. I forget exactly. Man, imagine if, if that was a
0: situation, how bad that one kid would feel.
2: Well, that was also. I mean, there was it was part of that as well. And I mean, I uh, you know, un- unfortunately, you do have some a- actors who don't end up w- working out. But um, I, it's been it's been really good. It's you know, it's been really hard, and and sure, they're, they're high school kids, and they've got. Uh, some pretty heavy course loads on top of what they're doing for theater. And now at this point, there's so many moving pieces, as you said, because it just moves from place to place to place. So it's really taking advantage of the, the spaces in the theater. We have action going on. We, we have like a midway kind of aisle going across the house. Got and it. that's our like Scottish moors. <laughs> Oh, okay. When they're traipsing across the Scottish moors, and when he's on the run, yeah,
0: yeah. And we'll get into a whole synopsis and yeah. Sorry, I'm just story. No, Um, but I I think it's so cool that you're you're doing this as a play for high school students, and And it's uh, you know,
2: it's fun because it's it's um it's an adaptation that's played more for laughs. It's much more. In the style, like I told kids to get a, a good sense of of the style of this to w- to go watch like Top Secret. Oh, uh huh. Things like that. We have some some gags like that. We've got, I mean, we've gotten an, uh, an airplane. We've got an airplane chase that happens. Um, okay, a Hitchcock, uh, and we, we use the music from North by Northwest, and they actually reference North by Northwest in the scene. Uh, there's a lot now, of Hitchcock I believe references
0: in, in either. So. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back just a little bit. So, the Thirty Nine Steps uh, originally was a novel written by John Buchan. Buchan, I don't know how to pronounce his name. B u c h a n. Buchan. B-U-C-H-A-N. B-U-C-H-A-N. I and I, uh, Alfred Hitchcock did the first adaptation of this in 30, 1935. and there have been two other film versions of it. I think they were both made for television, possibly. But one of them was in 59, I believe. And I watched a little bit of that one. And then there's one from 2008. And uh, I believe that one of them actually does incorporate some of the North by Northwest, like, you know, the the low-flying plane uh, situation.
2: Yeah, um... You know, I'm not sure. I've only seen the, the 1935. Yeah, the 2008
0: what, one, I think, is on Hoopla.
2: Yeah, yeah. I remember I watched part of it. I mean, there were also several radio adaptations of it, like Orson oh, Welles sure. did. Well, Orson Welles yeah. also loved this movie. So... right,
0: Yeah, I mean, this was an, an extremely influential movie. Um, but, Dan, I was wondering, the play, does it follow... The Hitchcock version or more closely to the novel?
2: Oh no, it is it, I mean like almost word for word the the Hitchcock. Like there is dialogue. There are things that hap- that happen exactly uh you know as they're as they're written. Or there's dialogue that's exactly the way it's written, but in this but the script, and it's by uh Simon Corbel and Nobby Diamond. Uh, which was, uh, you know, first done in in England, and that you know moved to London. I it was off off Broadway in two thousand ten, and then it was on Broadway in oh, yep two thousand yeah two thousand ten <laughs> yeah okay um mm-hmm. so I'm uh, oh, sorry it ran two thousand nine it ran about a year so okay uh anyway. It's really played up. Uh, it, it It's really played for laughs. They find opportunities where, like, there's these strange things happen where it, it's like this guy, Hane, just ends up like every woman he encounters, <laughs> he just charms them. <laughs> and it. it like that type of thing is really played up in in the script. And well, I'm looking
0: forward yeah. to seeing the recording that's being done of your play uh, oh,
2: yeah, if I may, it is not just a recording. We have a multi-camera. I want to say maybe six cameras, a wow. uh, six-camera live stream that's actually you know being directed by um you know our our tech director, yeah, uh, who's going to be sitting at a table in front of monitors, and we have t- like four uh remote hop cameras and two that are like. Uh, like, not handhelds, but um, you know, there are cameramen, yeah, and yeah. So we're doing live streams, and uh, it's November eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, and then uh, seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. Uh, show starts at seven thirty p.m. And if you go Pacific to the time. web, if you go to the website westsidedrama dot There's a link tree on the website that will take you to where you can get these tickets because we've got this whole new ticketing system and also we are having... Uh, audience. We, we are having live audiences. Anyone who's planning on coming to see the show live, uh, first of all, has to sh- uh required to show proof of vaccination, um, required to be masked, and must must make reservations because we're doing seating in family pods, and cool. it's all d- distance seating. Which actually, because of the distance seating, it's allowed me to put a lot of action in in the audience
0: oh very cool
2: yeah so anyway i could see that working
0: out really well in the beginning and the end uh, <laughs> yeah so yes uh which i don't really include that in my synopsis because i don't want to give away the ending
2: okay i'm glad all right yes so yeah so Understood. shall i synopsize dan synopsize away And this
0: one, I should have, you know, had you not been so busy, I probably would have been like, maybe you should synopsize this one because you certainly are more familiar with the material. But uh, this is, you know, all of these are always just like,
2: (laughs) what? We're guaranteed less tangents and (laughs) a much more concise synopsis if you do it. I'm that already like you know we're the the tank is kind of on empty. I've been I've I've had basically I think about 10-hour days this weekend, uh, you know, 20 hours total in the theater. So right. right now I don't know what is coming out of my mouth until it's happening. Water slide brain in effect.
0: Got it. Okay, well, here we go. After hearing gunshots at a London theater's variety show, Richard Hannay comforts a German woman going by the name Annabella Smith. After he takes her back to his apartment, she admits to being a spy who has uncovered a sinister plot by a man missing a fingertip to steal sensitive British secrets and some of his goons are out to kill her. After he finds her stabbed, she utters something about the 39 Steps and is holding a map of Scotland. Actually, I'm going to take that back again because I rewatched it to get some clips and I realized that that was incorrect. (laughs) Uh, So, all right. I'm keeping this all in, by the way. Uh, After he takes her back to his apartment, she admits to being a spy who has uncovered a sinister plot by a man missing a fingertip to steal sensitive British secrets, and some of his goons are out to kill her. These secrets involve the 39 Steps. The next morning he finds her stabbed and she's holding the map of Scotland that he has provided for her with a certain uh, Scottish uh farmhouse circled. I don't I don't know. This is so complicated. Yeah, uh okay. So anyway, she's holding the map of Scotland. Knowing yeah. that if he doesn't run, he'll be presumed he'll be the presumed killer, he sneaks out of his apartment building and hops on a train to Scotland. <laughs> There, he discovers that his name and photo are in all of the newspapers. In an attempt to trick the police searching the train for him, he ducks into a train car with Pamela, a typical Hitchcock blonde, who he sexually assaults in order to seem like a couple of frisky train riders. But hey, it's the 30s. He tells her what his deal is, and she doesn't hesitate to tell the cops. He manages to hop off the train and escape on foot, still with the police on his tail. After staying a night at a farmhouse, he must quickly move to an area circled on Annabella's map that reads, Once he reaches it, he meets Professor Jordan, a socialite and friend to all local politicians. He also happens to be missing the very fingertip that Annabella warned H- Hannay to look out for. Turns out Professor Jordan is the one trying to steal Britain's secrets, so he shoots Hannay. But Hene happens to be wearing the coat of the religious farmer he stayed with the night prior, and the bullet hits a Bible. He makes his escape and tries to tell the police about Professor Jordan, but they are all friends with him and don't believe a word that Hene, a fugitive, says. He escapes to a busy meeting hall where he is mistaken for a speaker there to introduce a political candidate. He makes up a speech and is spotted by none other than Pamela, who rats him out to the cops who take him, who take them both in, handcuffed to one another for some reason. Hane escapes with Pamela attached to his wrist, and they find their way to a local inn where he fakes being a secret couple on a runaway rendezvous. Pamela is clearly furious as she has now been kidnapped by what she thinks is a murderer. While Hane sleeps, she wriggles out of the handcuffs and tries to escape. She overhears two of Professor Jordan's goons talking about Hane at the inn and realize he's been telling the truth, so she decides to stay with him and help him out. She overheard that Jordan will... She overheard that Jordan will be at the London Palladium to retrieve the government secrets the following night. They decide to split up Hane to the Palladium and Pamela to the British police. Since this is not likely to be something everyone has seen, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but it is satisfying.
2: It really is. It. Yeah. And you know what uh, I like... Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. I, and I was going to say, there.
0: there's so much from this movie that you definitely see the influence in a lot of, you know, future films. And uh, I mean, North by Northwest is is certainly one that you think of because there's like the case of mistaken identity and this person who is kind of forced to be on the run to solve this thing to clear right. his name. And, uh, and And in a way, it almost felt like that was Hitchcock's way of maybe like you know that movie I did? I think I could do it a little bit better and a little bit different. You know, now that things have progressed with filmmaking and stuff like that because you know 35, you know, there's not a lot of camera movement still and right. you know it's 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 just different.
2: Oh yeah. So, no, I'm sure I mean budget between Totally. Yeah, no. And and in, I mean I guess not coincidentally. These are probably my two favorite of oh. of Hitchcock's movies that I've seen. Okay, so I, it, North by Northwest and Thirty Nine Steps. And I could t- I actually love tell North you, by Northwest. I could actually I could tell you the first circumstances under which I saw the Thirty Nine Steps. Oh, please do. And um, I. So I was at, I was studying acting. It was my uh, first year at the Mason Grove School of the Arts at Rutgers University. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I meant to do that one. Sure you did. Great. Um, and I was, you know, like I, I was given a, like we had to do scenes. We had scene partners and we were given scenes to do. My scene was from Neil Simon's Brighton Beach Memoirs. Which included a reference of uh, a reference, like some references to the 39 Steps because it it takes place around it's like mid to late 30s. So, of course, these Mm. two like, you know, teenage boys would have seen the 39 Steps. And uh, you know, this was uh, you know, this remember we talked about Meisner method? Uh I want to say on the Abyss episode? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, when you when you're studying Meisner, you really like get into the, you know, like you need to know what your character knows. So of course, if my character saw the 39 steps and and referenced it and liked it a lot i had to see the 39 steps and right this was pre well this it was not pre-internet but it was like the early days of the internet it was certainly pre-streaming services and pre-netflix so and i mean pre-netflix like dvds so, the sometimes the only way to see a movie like this was to like find where they were, like, either find where you could rent it, find a, like in a blockbuster, or yeah. find a, the VHS tape. And, and like, I think I just had this, like, you know, one of those that you see in like the budget bin. Right. At, I don't know, like, like a FYE or something like that. Uh-huh. And, I think that's where I got it, and I still have the the VHS. Or I think I I don't think I think it's gone now, but uh, it. And I posted it on our Instagram account I at that, Childhoods yeah. Pod, um, as a hint to what this week's episode was was going to be. So that was the VHS that I I watched, and I was really I was really into it. Like I really liked it, and. So it's always kind of had like it it's it's had a high place in my Hitchcock rankings, cool for a long time i'm and I don't know what I might have seen of Hitchcocks prior to that. I think I had seen psycho by
0: uh-huh. that
2: point, but I couldn't tell you for sure,
0: yeah, I think that. I mean, I was in high school when I saw, like, Psycho and The Birds. Uh, But I can't remember, like, any specifics about it. I just know that it happened, you know? Right. It's just one of those things where it's like... It feels familiar, like something I would have seen as a teenager. uh, But I can't put my finger on exactly when it was. And, yeah, this was my first time watching this. uh, and And it was cool. And, Dan, I... I'm sure that you watched this movie at least somewhat recently. I don't know if you watched it in the past week or so, but you know what movie I definitely saw, I uh, got it, got some influence from this, was The Fugitive. Ah, uh, yes. I mean, not just is it a well, person who... the train. <laughs> well, right, no, there's actually, the train, but there's not, not only just somebody who is mistaken to be a killer... But also in the 39 Steps, he walks out and blends into like a parade. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 And
2: I was like, Dr.
0: Richard motherfucking Kimball. Yeah. He jumps here right here.
2: Oh, you know what else it it, it reminded me of was, um, uh, you know, the the Professor Jordan reminded me of in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. The guy was like oh. Donovan or whatever his name is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 The one who hires him to do the, to, Yeah, to, the one, the, basically the yeah. one
2: who hires him to go find the, the grail and then, right. and then like is working with the, is working with the Nazis. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Remember what I told you, Dr. Jones, don't trust anybody. Right. Even yep. me.
0: Yeah.
2: So, uh. Except Professor actually, Jordan does not lead him on for very long. <laughs>
0: No, and actually, why don't we uh, listen to the scene where, uh, you know, um, Hene finally makes it over to, uh, what is it called? alt Nashalach. Yeah, and uh, he first is, is, there's a party going on there, and, and after everybody clears out, uh, this is uh, what happens next.
2: Now, Mr. Henné, I suppose it's safe to call you by your real name now?
1: What about our mutual friend Annabella? She's been murdered. Murdered? Oh, the Portland Mansions affair. What our
2: friends outside are looking for you for. I didn't do it. Of course you didn't.
1: But why come all this way to Scotland to tell me about it? I believe she was coming to see you about some air ministry secret. She was killed by a foreign agent who was interested too. Did she tell you what the foreign agent looked like? There wasn't time. No, there was one thing, part of his little finger was
2: missing. Which one? This one, I
1: think. sure it wasn't this
2: one. No. I love how his wife walks in and sees him pointing the gun. Oh, wait. In the movie, does does he hide the gun? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. His wife comes in and is just like, oh, we're going to be serving lunch soon. Uh, You know, will Mr. Hammond be joining us? Because Hannah gives a fake name at the door. Yeah. and what's, what's actually funny is we have, uh, so act one of the play ends with Professor Jordan shooting Hane, uh, got and, it. And, uh, because we already know from his wife walking in that she's in on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have her come in at this like uh, Jordan shoots Hane and then like stands over him and like and then he's got this evil laugh and his wife comes in and they do a a a, a waltz basically huh. and I staged it to the the part of the Batman score. When they're on top of the cathedral and uh, oh the Joker is dancing with Vicky Vale, and it's that like kind of that demented Danny Elfmany. Right. So I stage it to that, and we have these like really cool, like weird red lights that come on, and but they both do this like maniacal laugh. It's awesome. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I yeah I I mean yeah, I probably shouldn't give away too much, but I don't know. Uh <laughs> That's
0: okay. Little tastes and it's uh, describing it, I'm sure isn't as good as the uh the real thing.
2: Oh no. No, no. And uh you know, the the kids are great. The actor who's playing uh, the wife uh choreographed the waltz and like it's just so it's, it's a lot of fun. And and they're doing all these they're doing accents. Like they're doing really like their their accents are really good like i've got kids doing scottish accents and they're nice. sounding really good good <laughs> like like oh man but going back going back to
0: one of the things that you were saying before you just played that clip is uh yes i uh, people give away information that you think they'd be holding on to much longer uh a lot and that also reminds me of uh annabella at the beginning she's just like so I know we just met, but yep, I'm a spy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's uh, she doesn't waste any time like spilling all the beans to uh,
2: to Hene. Oh no, yeah, it, and yeah, it's 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 fun. And what's interesting is like Hitchcock movies. I feel like most of them don't move at a very brisk pace. Uh-huh. And Thirty Nine Steps and North by Northwest are two that do
0: north by northwest definitely moves um yeah i remember one of my gripes about psycho is like i i'm okay with like half of this movie i don't need the other half of it (laughs) you You know know?
2: having watched it i i i was watching it again recently like not too long ago and it yeah yeah totally agree with that assessment
0: (laughs) i mean it's been a while so i'll you know go back and check it out but my, my memory of it was very much just like, okay, okay, okay. Moving on. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I I felt
0: that way quite a bit when we did vertigo for the podcast. Uh, you know, it was certainly one of those things where, and that's not one that I loved so much just because I was just like, ah, and and I got to say, it's a similar problem that I had with vertigo that I did with, the 39 steps in that, like, I kind of didn't care uh about like Henné, uh, just because he was like kind of a jerk. And like, I don't know, he <laughs> I wasn't so much rooting for him. It's not like I was rooting for the bad guys or anything, but I was just like I don't know he's kind of a nincompoop and like I wish that he would have gone like hiding out a little bit and like changed his mustache or the
2: way his hair looked or something right well this is yeah he's no Richard Kimball
0: no no nor is yeah nor is he uh, Maxwell Hauser
2: No. (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah, no, he is—he's very much like you said, Nincompoop, and it's funny because we're kind of playing him that way because he's also like, okay, good—he's—he doesn't do anything, he doesn't have a job, and especially the way it's set up in the play is he's just like, well, I just got back from Canada and I'm living in this like rented apartment that's like under construction, and I don't really do anything except for like go to this place where I guess I drink and hang out. And uh-huh. he's like, nothing ever happens. Okay. I go to the theater, whatever. Uh, and yeah. so you really, you're not given a lot to sympathize with. He's also constantly making like all, like bad jokes. He's like, he he like makes dad jokes. <laughs> like uh-huh. not our dad, just the generic dad jokes.
0: Uh, sure. No, 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 no. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's not that I didn't like the movie. It's just that I didn't like him so much. Right. And it's funny because, you know, you, you read about this movie and you read about how revered his performance is and how, you know, a lot of iconic actors like look up to this performance and, you know, uh, Robert Donat's, uh, I don't know, acting abilities. And I'm just like, man, I don't know. Maybe I'm just missing something, or maybe it's—it's well, it's uh, not him; it's the character. I, uh... yeah, but also it's just like he seemed just kind of like a dork, and I—I I don't know, just didn't yeah. love it. But I, I get yeah. that a lot of it is the character.
2: Yeah, no, and also like you know, you find yourself rooting really for Pamela.
0: <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. She's the best person in this.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but it's still, yeah, it, it, it moves. And you could also see where a lot of, uh, spy films that came later, not just Hitchcock spy films, but even like James Bond movies kind of take a cue from some of this, uh, you know, you could think of professor Jordan as being kind of a forerunner of a bond of a bond villain.
0: Sure. Yeah. There's some sort of physical, uh, something going on physically that uh sets him apart also in in
2: in in the version that we're doing we have him coming in so there's a there's a it's a duck it's i mean it's like i don't know wooden like it's just like this painted replica of a duck uh his name is gerald and gerald appears in every show Okay. Gerald is always somewhere in every show. So our reveal of my original plan for a reveal of Professor Jordan was to have him in a very tall backed armchair in his office while Hanna is standing there waiting for him. And when uh-huh. Hanna is waiting for him, he's kind of like opening the door to where this party is going on. And he kind of keeps peeking in and closing the door and then peeking in. And I was going to have the whole like turn in the chair and then he's holding Gerald, stroking Gerald like like Mr. Bigglesworth
0: uh, style, Mr.
2: Bigglesworth style. Yeah. So unfortunately, we couldn't get the, <laughs> we couldn't get a chair that worked and uh. or a desk that worked uh, like for what we wanted to do. So now we, we just have him kind of like entering from behind a curtain with, yeah. uh, you know, still with with Gerald, um, Mr. Bigglesworth. Style, But sure. It was definitely like that was the direction for it It was like you're like you're Bond villain. (laughs) Well, also,
0: he uh, tells the, you know, uh, you know, Hannah or the Bond type character, I guess. I'm not that he's a spy, but, you know, tells our protagonist all of the details of what's going on, gives him a lot of information rather than just being like, oh, you're this guy. Bam, (laughs) you know. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I see that. I, I definitely see that aspect of it as being an influence for, you know, uh a, a Bond villain or um uh Von uh Von Kunth in the yeah. or some <laughs> you know, uh, any any other number of those types of movies.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um and and it's a fun it's a you know good before I, same for Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. I I Yes, you know, Spielberg uh, has long wanted to direct a Bond movie. I, I feel like that ship might have sailed, though yeah, never say never.
0: But, you know, just going back to talking about this kind of being one of those early spy movies that really, you know, carved a path for so many to come. I uh, I love spy movies. I mean, I, I feel like. If it's a spy movie, unless it's like specifically targeted towards maybe just children or something, maybe I wouldn't go gravitate towards it. But like wait a second.
2: Are you saying spy kids is not
0: I don't yeah, spy kids, my the spy, spy. next door. The spy <laughs> next door. Uh no, sp- spy kids,
2: I, I am sorry I, I, I'm just gonna take a moment. I know you I know you're this is not the point you're making, but uh I, I'm a spy kids fan. Oh, I, Hey, putting that out there. I'm I'm
0: not saying that I like actively dislike them. I'm just saying like, I will
2: watch any, uh, it's not the know, same. It's not Tinker, Taylor, soldier, spy kids, Tinker,
0: Taylor, no. soldier, spy. The first time I watched it, I was just like, Oh, this is slow. And then I watched it again. And I was like going into it, being like, this is a slow movie. And then I watched it and I was like, Oh, this is really good. Like I am really enjoying this.
2: I remember seeing that in the theater, uh like when it opened in New York I remember being really excited to go see it and I remember yeah feeling it was really slow because you're like trying to figure everything out and yeah. they you know that film really lets things play out oh yeah but wow so good it's very
0: good great cast um Gary yeah a, a different oh. type of a different type of spy movie which is cool yes. and uh yeah this is kind of an interesting one because it's like it you know the spy dies right away so right it's you know it's somebody who's trying to clear his name by doing what the spy set out to do
2: yeah right
0: so that's kind of uh an interesting aspect to it yeah uh so dan i i have to know like is there anything because of what we do on this podcast and theorizing like you know what we would do you're in an opportunity where you can do things and is the uh is the more like top secrety aspect of it that style of humor is that something that you've added to it or is that something that was kind of baked into the script
2: oh i would say baked into the script okay um i mean like yeah i don't know if that was exactly what they intended or just what i saw in it but and Uh i've never seen it i've never seen a production of it so I'm really just going off of the script that I read and is like, I just thought it was really funny and saw a lot of great opportunity. I was like, if you could get the right performances, some like just really over the top hammy acting and yeah. you know, it, like it. it's, uh, I, I think I originally intended to have more, kind of call outs to specific like naked gun. Like I had a bit originally in mind that was taken from the naked gun that I didn't end up using because it just didn't, it really didn't work. It wasn't, it would have been forced. It would have been a forced, but it didn't really fit in. But, uh, you know, there, there were some other, there were some other things that we had planned to do that we just couldn't because we didn't, uh, end up, we weren't able to, you know, produce what we needed for it. Uh, you know, like when he asks her if he if she wants Haddock, mm-hmm. which is an interesting thing to offer a uh, uh, attractive young young woman who randomly at 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 the theater asks you to take her home. Uh, right, it, it, it's an interesting choice. So I was, we were going, we were, we were making a, like a big, I was like the, the largest a haddock could be. I want just a big floppy haddock for him to whip out onto the counter (laughs) in front of him. Like I want him to like offer her haddock and when, and she's like, yes, haddock would be wunderbar. And like, just have him go behind this counter and just, just slam this huge haddock onto the counter and at a certain point I was going to have him like cleave its head but right, <laughs> you know it's it, in the beginning in the beginning process you just have all of the you know oh, everything yeah. in the world in your head works out perfectly and then of course as you're going forward you're like okay maybe we we're not maybe we sh- can't do this or maybe that's not going to work
0: well so also in that scene he uh cuts a slice of a, a piece of bread from like this giant loaf of bread. Oh, right. And he somehow cuts like this perfect slice. And I'm just wa- every, like, I've watched it twice and I was just like, look at that immaculate slice of bread he just cut.
2: Well, and you know, you're wondering why actors look up to his performance. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's probably
0: It's probably just like something carved out of foam. And it's probably not really bread, but I looked at that thing and no, I was like, "I, I want bet to you cut- that's
2: legit bread." And I'd like to see Daniel Day Lewis slice <laughs> some bread as I'd flawlessly watch Daniel <laughs> <Heroes> slice bread. <laughs> you <laughs> kidding me? I would definitely watch Dan- if it was his character from Phantom Thread. If it was, uh, oh uh, god, what's his name? Ren- uh, Reynolds Woodcock. Reynolds. If it was Reynolds Woodcock, yes, I would watch a movie about Reynolds Woodcock slicing bread. Uh, yes, as long as there was someone there for him to be an asshole too. <laughs> <sighs> So good. Uh, big Phantom Thread fans here. Okay. Yeah, anyway. I know,
0: I know, I know, I know, I know.
2: So uh yeah, I, and then
0: so you're saying that there were things that you wanted to put into your version of this uh that you couldn't, but were there things that you added to it that weren't in the script so much? Did you kind of take any opportunities to kind of see it, uh your any type of like vision through? Where it's just like, I know what I would do if I was making this.
2: Um, so there were a couple of things that that we did. Um, and I'm curious to see how this all works out. But we have a so for the plane chase, uh, you know, how are you gonna do that on stage? And there's lots of different ways it could be done. And I was like, you know what? I want it like a cardboard box plane. I want it to look yeah. like something like the Peanuts gang would have made. Yeah. And sure enough, <laughs> like they finished it today. They finished oh, making wow. it. And and we're gonna and and we're just kind of like painting it all like it's cardboard. It's a cardboard box. There's some wooden framing in it and yeah. like under the wings and the wings have hinges on them so that they can fit through the door. <laughs> Um, but like, it looks like a cardboard box plane. Like the wings are even made with, they're made with cardboard. Uh, and it, like, it's basically going to look like something the Peanuts gang made and we're just going to paint the whole thing white and then take some black paint and write plain on both yeah. sides nice. because, well, because also then, um, later in the show, as they're as Professor Jordan's thugs are are driving them, I guess to Professor Jordan's, uh, they you know they're blocked by a flock of sheep blocking the road. So yeah. of course, what do you do when you have a thirty person cast? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you grab all the actors that aren't doing anything. And you're like you're sheep now, you're sheep. And then the costumes question is, well, how do we make sheep costumes? And All of these different ideas and thoughts. And then one day I was just like, let's get some white T-shirts and write sheep on them. And, like, we'll get some white beanies and add some little ears on them. And those are sheep costumes. Yeah. And then we added on the, they wrote on the back of the shirts, they wrote ba on the back of the shirts. And they added, we added, and I was like, you know what those need? Little sheep tails. Yeah. It's like, can we get little sheep tails? And of course, like my costume department this is all kids, by the way, who do all sure. this stuff. Uh sorry. I'm like, I I, I should say like, you know, because sometimes it's like, oh, your costume department is a bunch of teachers and parents. I'm like, no, it's all it's really like we have a couple of teachers, we have a couple of like adults helping out, but the kids are doing this. Put tails on the sheep costumes. So we have like that type of thing going on. And then there's the um Uh, uh, some of the innuendo Uh, there's, Oh, there's a thing whenever Hannah like is, we have him every time he, he meets a new young woman that he's interested in. He flips, he does this thing with his hair. (laughs) Uh, It's kind of a running gag. There's a running gag with him. Uh, Oh, um, what's the other thing? I'm sorry, I'm like in my mind running through the play. Uh, the the, ca- or the ca- he does this dip every time he like kisses a woman because he like kisses the 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 wife of the crofter whose house he right. stays in, whose little like cottage on the Scottish moors. Um, he goes to the uh, to the little like hotel that's out in the middle of nowhere in Scotland. And, uh, we've just got some funny stuff with that. Like the, the two that play the, the hotel owners, the McGarrigals, like they're just really funny and they're, they, I have them doing it like Archie and Edith Bunker kind of, Oh,
0: I, I was hoping that you were going to have them do it like, uh, Uh, Carol Kane in, um, Transylvania six, and the guy, yes, uh, it is very,
2: it is very, it's similar to that. It's also like, I would say, where else did we draw inspiration from? Um, oh yeah, I definitely had all the kids, uh, like the guy playing the Crofter. I definitely had him watch like the Mike Myers. If it's not Scottish, it's crap sketch. Oh Okay. Because, uh, you know, it's over the top. It's funny. And I was like, I want you to just have this really, like, gruff, like, Scottish, like, farm, like, raised. You were born on this farm. You were raised on this farm. You are going to yeah. die on this farm. Uh, I want to know how he met his wife, by well, the way. We talked about some stories because she, she, because, like, she talks about how she had lived in Glasgow. And right. uh so yeah we were... so it's
0: like this old farmer is married to this I don't know oh if old is old but like you know old er farmer is married to this younger er uh woman who certainly is like cultured and, and loves the idea of living in the city and has lived in in Glasgow and stuff and, it's very yeah, much it's like how does this happen?
2: it's very much one of these like maybe she, like she was having some wild times so her father like arranged this marriage and was like here you'll go marry this man and, he, and she he's just like yeah so of course when hane comes in she's just all about it yeah uh, and and helps him helps him get away it's, it, it it's really It's really funny like and the they really play that up like there's a scene at the table and it's funny because I hadn't watched it in a long time and then I was directing it and then I thought like, you know, let me check this out because I was having some challenges with staging some scenes like there's a Uh chase outside a train (laughs) like outside a moving train. Um, It's like, yeah. I'm like, maybe I can check out the movie and see what's going on here and maybe it'll help. And honestly, it it didn't because it's not being played for laughs. But the scene in the Crofter's home when they're having dinner, the Crofter already thinks that that Hanna and his wife are sleeping together and he's been there for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, And like He's saying grace. The Crofter's saying grace. And Hanne is trying to sneak looks at, at this newspaper to see what the newspaper is saying about him and that's when margaret sees that it's him on the newspaper so they're so the two of them are like looking across at each other because they're all pretending to be listening to this prayer and then the crofter opens his eyes while he's still praying and i was like there's no way it's like this in the movie and Uh it is like this in the movie we just kind of really pump up the volume in the play so it's kind of like you could imagine Mike Myers playing the Crofter, doing yeah. that. Like between that and the father from So I Married Next, I was Harder. gonna
0: ask if you had your students oh, watch. Yeah, de-
2: definitely. We definitely watched like his like one of his scenes, the
0: Pentaveret.
2: Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. Uh, and not also uh, the thing, the, the Weekly World News. <laughs> yeah, this is the paper, the, the news. Uh. Yeah, we, Head we paper yeah. now. Hey, it's like <laughs> Sputnik, spherical but quite pointy in places.
0: Watching Anthony Lapaglia like just Cracking totally up in that scene is so satisfying because it's like, it works for the character. Yes. Uh, so it's totally okay. And it, you know that that's all just like genuine, just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening right
2: now. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh So Dan, I have really one more question for you uh, yeah. about uh, your role in directing the 39 Steps. Do you get all Hitchcockian and make a cameo? <laughs>
2: No, oh. I, I do not. Um, I, you know, I would love to, but it's like. Is it
0: more like Gerald is the Alfred Hitchcock of yes, West Seattle High yes.
2: School theater productions? A, John, you nailed it. All right. There we go. You nailed it right there. <laughs> yeah. Alf Gerald is the Alfred Hitchcock who appears in every production at West Seattle High School uh, including the 39 Steps, November 11th, 12th, 13th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 7.30 p.m., live stream, or come see it in person.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, Dan, you know, aside from directing this as a uh, a play for high school students, what else would you do with the 39 Steps?
2: Okay, yeah. So, um, you know, we mentioned uh, Annabella before, and uh, you know, we were talking about like about her character. I feel like there's 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 some like prequel slash spinoff uh potential with with her character. You know, how does Annabella i in the movie Smith in the play Schmidt? Uh, how does Annabella, you know? Become this spy who's not working for Germany. Yeah. Um. Which in in the novel, the novel was from 1915, so this was a uh, different Germany. The the movies 1935, and it, it is set to be 1935. Yeah. And uh, you know, so it would be interesting to kind of see uh some Annabella Schmidt backstory. But honestly, I I just. I kind of would like to just see, like, a really talented filmmaker do a straight-up remake.
0: Yeah, that's that's where I was going to. Because it's like, this totally works. You could do present day. I mean, that's just what I was thinking, present day. Because, like, even the 2008, like, BBC version still takes place. Uh, I mean... First half of the twentieth century. I I couldn't pinpoint exactly when it was uh, supposed to be set. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that maybe I think maybe it was even earlier because it definitely wasn't this like doing what the Hitchcock version did. It did its own thing. I
2: think some of them are pre World War One. Some of them are pre World War Two. Right but i honestly i would keep it as pre world war 2 i think it really works and i think the idea of of trying to prevent war and and something that we know didn't happen but kind of these little struggles and the and the fact that like there these things were going on I like the idea of that. I would like to see. I I was just trying to think I, off the top of my head thinking of filmmakers just like the three that popped into my head. Uh actually I was kind of curious to see what Damien Chazelle would do with Really? With I'm you know I'm I'm just kind of like for me he's he's one and one. Uh not a fan of La La Land but loved um uh Whiplash, Whiplash. like Yeah. And really, because did Whiplash, you see First Man? Oh, no, I did not see First Man. It's eh, you know, okay, it's fine, yeah. Um, so but I was thinking about Whiplash and I was thinking about the tension brought to that, and I, I thought that maybe that could work. I also thought, I mean, I know he's done like Bond movies, but I thought about Sam Mendes as someone who could really do so good. A nice like n- a, a nice like nuance like he really gets tone like I rewatched uh, Road to Perdition not too long ago and yeah
0: it's really good uh, I watched that like maybe a year ago
2: yeah like I'm just I I really enjoy Sam Sam Mendes uh work uh you know of course when dealing with something British and thinking about well who's someone who kind of likes to try different things um do different things of course I thought about Edgar Wright and okay. I'm I'm sure that there are a lot of filmmakers out there uh both British and not British who could really do, do uh you know a, a a really good job with something like uh-huh. this. And I think it would yeah. just be a really good opportunity to see a filmmaker try uh you know something in it, like a, a nice a good classic standard genre film like like 39 steps. Who would be your henae? Um. Well, let's see. I would want them to be British. They would need to okay. be on the younger side. Uh. So I. I mean, I don't. In thinking about it, I'm like, would Daniel Radcliffe be be a bad choice for something like this? I mean, it's like I'm trying to think of names of like uh. British actors who are, I guess, around like thirty, around there, early Uh thirties. I don't know, is Harry Potter thirty? Yeah. So, uh, and I don't know. I was thinking about Taron Egerton, who I really like, but I don't see him in this. I don't see right.
0: Also, he does his own like spy. Well, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's there's that, too. Um. Oh, you know. Oh, you know, Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens.
0: Who's Dan Stevens?
2: Dan Stevens was on Downton Abbey. Uh, OK.
0: Oh, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yes.
2: I mean, Dan Stevens is who would be cast in this if they did it. I, I have little I'm trying now I'm trying to think of like other people from Downton Abbey that I would cast in this. So, yeah. but I think, I I feel like Dan Stevens would, would make a really good Henne. I would love to cast a, uh, like a young David Thewlis.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Well, I'd say David Thewlis would be really good as Jordan.
2: Yes. He'd be a great Jordan. Yes. Yeah. So what, what are you thinking?
0: He'd be a great Jordan or the like farmer, uh, <laughs> <laughs> cause he's, you know, like, I could see him being really like, um, I don't know, paranoid and uh, schemey and kind of slimy and, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's so good. Uh, But anyway, yeah, so what I was thinking was a more of a modern day remake of this. And instead of having it be centered around, uh, you know, a... A uh, an aircraft engine, which is what this is. I, I don't want to give too much information for anybody who hasn't right. seen it, but it's uh, something for warfare. Uh, I would say that it, maybe there'd be some sort of, like, you know, um, international race for, like, free, clean energy, like some sort of, like, energy source or something like that. Uh, it's been done a hundred times, but, like, so has... You know what? Do you what? Do you have you ever seen Chain
2: Reaction starring Keanu Reeves and Morgan Freeman? Oh
0: God, no, I haven't.
2: Is that what that is? <laughs> ba- that's basically the plot. Oh my God, that's Actually, so come to think of it, yeah, I'm like except for it, it, it's different in that like Keanu is like one of the scientists who comes up with got this, it, got then, it, got it. Yeah, uh, it's an Andrew. Uh, da- and speaking of the fugitive, it's an Andrew Davis. Andrew Davis. Film.
0: Look at that. That's so. so funny. Wow. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, so maybe it isn't that, but it's something like that where it's like you know it doesn't necessarily have to do with like one country versus another but maybe just like you know it's something that's been that's been developed by like the you know whichever government british government us government i don't know but i uh, it's you know threatening to be sold to a a different government that uh i don't know maybe you know it's hard to say because you don't want to pinpoint a country as being the the villain you know the entire villain of something but just being sold to another country is maybe all you need you could but, pick, I uh, mean, what, pick a harm. like what about Denmark what about Denmark it, yeah right something like, like come something on that you just don't hear from a lot yeah and uh for director I was thinking Duncan Jones oh yes I knew I was gonna say that and you'd be like oh yes
2: <laughs> that is exactly what I said
0: yeah, as uh, we were here, we have it on the recording. Uh yeah, so Duncan Jones and uh I wasn't necessarily thinking that it had to be somebody who was like in their 30s. Um and I don't know. I I didn't think that it needed to also be somebody who is British because in the Hitchcock version it's a Canadian, why he sounds British, I don't know. But it's like, you know, well, he's a Brit- it who necessarily- is living in Canada.
2: He's a Brit who's living in Canada. Is that what yeah, it was? The, yeah. It's just, and then, why, then he why, came why back. Why even do
0: the Canada thing then?
2: And then he, well, I think the whole idea was that like he was in Canada, like when he was in Canada, like he had, there was like a lot going on. And I don't, I feel like there's stuff that we don't know about, like why he came back. But yeah, or maybe like, his but he's only there for a.
0: He's know. only there for a month, though, because he, he's renting and he's renting a furnished apartment. He's only there for a month.
2: Yeah, That's what I, you know the novel probably explains more. Yeah, and I will or read it's it when
0: I or that part is unique to the Hitchcock version. Yeah,
2: I uh, I don't know.
0: So the uh, yeah, so I was thinking somebody like and I and maybe because I had Duncan Jones in the mind, I was thinking like Sam Rockwell would be really good. You know, uh, just like somebody charismatic who. Uh, I don't know. You could see being one of those people who's like put into this impossible situation where they need to clear their name. And also by doing that, they are, you know, performing the duties that this this spy did. And maybe, you know, this would have been better for Sam Rockwell 15 years ago.
2: But um, I, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, maybe this specifically, but in general, though, I do like the idea of Sam Rockwell playing like that yeah. type of part or like the, the Cary Grant type part uh, yeah. from North by Northwest. Just seeing Sam Rockwell in that type of role. And I'm trying to think. He if, also plays younger. You know, he does. He 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 yeah. does. It's yeah. I, I, I How old is Sam Rockwell?
0: I'd say probably 50, 55,
2: maybe maybe a little bit younger than that. I don't know. He is 53. Hey, look at that. In fact, John, as today is November 7th, uh, he celebrated his uh, 53rd birthday two days ago on November
0: 5th. Happy birthday, Sam Rockwell. Happy
2: birthday, Sam Rockwell. You are a treasure.
0: look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's so many fantastic actors out there. Uh this could be one that's also uh you know a gender swap. It doesn't necessarily need to be a man uh, no. there's also so many just fantastic actresses out there that you know it's uh, that's not really my focus of doing it but i my main my main thought was that I would want it to be a a remake that is set in modern day because we do have three versions of this that are uh well, one of them is a period piece the 2008 one is a period piece the other two might be more uh specific to those errors although the 59 one i'm not sure if that one plays uh for a different time period but uh, i could definitely see something more modern day because this is a a plot device that does get kind of recycled and like we said the fugitive is a very similar movie as well not necessarily incorporating government secrets or anything but the person who is assumed to be a murderer who is trying to clear his name and there are trains involved and you know there's uh, uh a parade <laughs> there's a parade yep and there's a uh a banquet hall scene
2: so there you go and a traitor, like a, tra- a trader yeah oh yeah. yeah
0: yeah Absolutely. So, a lot going on. uh, Declan McGregor. Devlin McGregor. Devlin McGregor is the name of the pharmaceutical company, which I was just, uh, I think about Devlin McGregor all the time. I'm just like, that is such a great name for a pharmaceutical company. And they just nailed it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I
2: mean, best picture nomination. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Just
0: because of that name, Devlin McGregor. Uh, That
2: could have been the tipping point for some people.
0: So Dan any more thoughts you've already uh, given your pitch to people for checking out the 39 steps West Seattle High
2: No yes thank you thank you uh um I'm I will not take any more opportunities to to do that Um no just like it's kind of if you're someone who's looking into you know like you're looking into getting into some of the more of the less seen classic films, especially in terms of Hitchcock find an opportunity to watch this, uh, the 39 steps I would Hitchcock's version. I mean, uh, and it's a, you know, it's a fun story and I think, you know, to check it out and enjoy it.
0: Yeah. And also I didn't describe what happens at the end and, uh, you just got to know it. I mean, it's something that I saw it coming But I, uh, when I came to the realization and then saw it actually happen, I was like, good. I'm glad that they did that. It wasn't one of those things where it's just like, I figured it out. It was just like, it's just like, yep, they did the exact right thing.
2: Yes, they made a good choice. Yeah. Uh, That Alfred Hitchcock, he's got a future. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They said.
0: Uh, That's what they said in 35, yeah. Yeah. Dan, do you want to tell people what we're going to be doing on our next episode?
2: Um, well, I mean, basically we're, we're kind of going to be freestyling. Uh, John and I have decided that we're going to just kind of do an episode where we allow the conversation to flow and we're going to talk movies and, uh, we're going to talk
0: a little bit more about ourselves, our, you know, kind of our backgrounds, how movies became so important in our lives. Um, our you favorite know how...
2: movie going experiences, least favorite movie going experiences. I guess if you have any questions for us, I don't. Uh, send <laughs> Ruinedchildhoodspot
0: uh, at gmail.com.
2: Yeah. And and we'll answer those or and or if there's anything, I don't know, maybe we'll talk about some movies that we probably won't do any full episodes on, but just kind right. of do a little five minute. <laughs> sure. Dive into them. I don't yeah. know.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're doing this because as we've discussed on this episode, you know, Dan has a very busy week coming up with the, with the play and everything. And it, we it's just also wanna... the
2: end of the uh, quarter in terms uh, of school. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Just want yeah, to take it a little bit easier and, and not give Dan any homework.
2: <laughs> no, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it too. It'll be fun to do, do something a little different and maybe get to ask each other some questions that we don't normally get to ask and right. bring up some movies we don't ordinarily get to talk about. And yeah, you know, shoot the proverbial no, shit for a little bit.
0: Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, check out our link tree. Uh it's in our it's in the show notes in the episode's description. And uh also you could email us ruinedchildhoodspod at gmail.com.
2: Uh speaking of that link tree, I just gotta say my Rune Childhoods tote bag has come in clutch this week. Oh all right. what's nice about these tote bags is they are a bit larger than your average tote bag. And as I've been like getting things that I need to bring in, like ordering tons of stuff from Amazon that I need to bring into the show and carrying various things around throughout the day, um, it, it's been in heavy rotation, excellent, heavy totation, I should say. Oh, on that note, uh, okay. Well, Dan, as you
0: are on the run, jumping off of some Scottish bridge. I the wish fourth you a good bridge.
2: journey. Good journey.